Hi, and welcome to Engage with Eagle Forum. I am one of your hosts, Glenn McKay, a former executive director and current board member of Eagle Forum, and I'm joined by the two directors of Eagle Forum's Washington, D.C. office, Kirsten Hasler. Hi, everyone. And Tabitha Walter. Hey there. We recorded this episode specifically with moms in mind as we all learn to navigate our new normals during this COVID-19 pandemic. We're facing the ramifications of a health crisis not seen in the U.S. in recent history. In our lifetimes, we've not seen risk in something as simple as a trip to the grocery store or a conversation with your mailman or neighbor. Life as we know it changed in a matter of days as so many aspects of our lives have been postponed or canceled. We all share that common thread of uncertainty as we receive daily updates and changing circumstances. Churches and schools are meeting virtually, forts and extracurricular activities canceled. It's just us in our homes with our families. Glenn, Tabitha, and I are all moms of little boys under the age of three. No matter the phase or challenge, we recognize the importance and need for community. We all agree that we desire to push aside the mom guilt or comparison game and instead choose to encourage and draw inspiration from other mamas. So that is the simple purpose of this episode, to encourage and inspire in the midst of unchosen and unforeseen circumstances. We don't know what we will be doing next week, next month, or next year, but it's likely we won't face another time like this again. We want you to join us in challenging ourselves to seize this moment as an opportunity. This is not just a time of surviving, but thriving. If you look past the fear, panic, and uncertainty, there's a lot of creativity and purpose in how families are adapting to these changes. So today we've brought you five moms in different parts of the country and in different phases of life to share a little about what their self-quarantine looks like, how they're managing, and what it's producing in the lives of their families. We'll start by introducing you to our moms, and then we'll ask them a few questions. Erin Benton grew up in Hong Kong from ages 8 to 18, which greatly influenced and shaped her worldview. After high school, she returned to the States to attend Dallas Baptist University and obtain a degree in elementary education. There, she met her husband, Luke, and they will celebrate their 21st wedding anniversary this June. After teaching elementary school for seven years, Erin moved into full-time homemaking, which led to a homeschooling adventure for their family for the last nine years. She's recently stepped back into a part-time job outside their home, serving as an assistant to their church's student ministry. The Bentons have four children, ages 16, 13, 10, and 5. Her youngest attends a private kindergarten, while the older three attend a local university model school, which, if you're unfamiliar, it's like a homeschool hybrid, where students spend part of their week at a physical school, and other days are spent as satellite days at home. Erin, thank you for being with us. Thank you guys for having me. I'm excited to be here today. Stephanie Myers grew up traveling the U.S. as a military brat. After graduating from UNC Chapel Hill with a degree in econ, she settled in Northern Virginia. From there, she landed a job in the insurance industry, met Prince Charming, and gave her life to Christ, in that order. After spending 10 years at home raising her daughters, she started a new career in real estate, which she enjoys very much. She also enjoys discussing politics, religion, and other topics. Presently, she lives in Alexandria, Virginia with her husband and three daughters ages 10, 13, and 15 who attend public and private schools. Stephanie, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Lacey Franklin spent the first part of her life in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. She moved to Texas during high school, and after graduating from Texas Christian University with a degree in deaf education, she taught special ed until the birth of her first son. After seven years of being a stay-at-home mom, she discovered a passion for natural medicine and essential oils and began teaching other women and mamas how to use them for their own families. 
Lacey has been married to her firefighter husband, Rob, for 17 years, and they have three children, ages 14, 12, and 9. Lacey's oldest attends a local university model school, and they recently transitioned her younger two children from public school to full-time homeschool. She is a believer, firewife, and entrepreneur who loves to spend time with her family and have deep conversations with friends. Welcome, Lacey. Thanks so much. I'm excited to be here. Amanda McNulty grew up in Lufkin, Texas, and graduated from the University of Texas with a degree in education. She taught for nine years in public and private schools and then served as program support and then the director of product development for Kids Hope USA, a national nonprofit organization which facilitates mentoring relationships with at-risk children through church school partnerships. She left Kids Hope in January of this year to be more present with her family. She will celebrate 19 years of marriage with her husband, Travis, in May, and they have two boys, ages 12 and 9, who both attend public school in Keller, Texas. Amanda, you've been a faithful, engaged listener from the beginning, and it's such a joy to have you on. Thanks, Glenn. I'm excited to be here. Shelly Avila describes herself as a 24-year-old blood-bought believer in Jesus Christ, who wants nothing more than to see herself and others grow in love for the Lord, their family, and in the freedom that comes through faith. She grew up in Alabama, where she was homeschooled, and then graduated from Summit International School of Ministry in 2015. She's been married since 2015, has two little boys under the age of three, and is currently carrying their third little man while navigating wife life and stay-at-home motherhood in Central California. Shelly, thanks for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you so much for having me. All right, let's jump right in. Erin, of the moms we're chatting with today, your children span the broadest age range. Give us a picture of what that looks like, how you've managed all the things, and how you've talked with your children about the pandemic and having to isolate yourselves as a family. I mean, obviously, this is nothing like any of us have ever experienced ever before in our lifetime. So everything is um, is new, obviously. And one of the things that we have been trying to do for the last, I guess we're on three weeks now, is try to keep some semblance of a normal schedule if possible. It's not summer vacation, so we've kind of tried to keep a normal wake-up routine with our kids and then normal chores like we would have normally and then even bedtime routines just because that kind of helps our kids keep that routine. So everything isn't just loosey-goosey all over the place. And we, we started, our school started virtual online school. And so that kind of helped keep us in that um that little bit of a routine. And it's also helpful because my husband is working full time from home now. He's kind of holed up in the guest room that's become his office now. So we we still have to let dad do his work and we can't all be crazy around the house. And then I'm working part time from home too. So we're trying to see what that looks like. Keeping that little bit of routine has helped with our kids. As far as school goes, because I do have a 16 year old and then all the way down to a kindergartner, this isn't that big of a change for them because of the model of school that we go to. They're used to going to school either three days or two days a week and then being home three or two, um, depending on what age they are. So my fifth grader goes normally would go to school two days a week and be at home three days a week doing satellite work. And my older two go three days a week and are home two days a week. It's not this huge, big shift for them because they're, they've kind of been used to working independently on those days. And so I'm, 
thankfully my older kids are kind of just getting right in stride with their schoolwork and and keeping up with that. My kindergartner, on the other hand, that's a that's a different whole set of things. I have homeschooled all my other kids for kindergarten. And so I'm really not that stressed about it, to be honest. Um, If she does some things, that's great. If she doesn't, it's okay too. She's spending a lot of time playing and doing a lot of art. And then as far as talking through with our kids about what's going on, our, our youngest, we've really kind of not talked too much about Um, all she knows is it's great. Dad's home all the time. We're all here together. She's like, this is one great party. I mean, she honestly just thinks they're still on spring break from kindergarten. And she's like, when are we going back? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. But with the older ones, um, obviously my 16 year old and my 13 year old, they're aware of things. They can see the news. And so we just kind of talk through that. I think mostly what they, what concerns them most is grandparents and they get fearful for what might happen to our grandparents and for to my parents and my, and my husband's parents. And so we just talk through that and try to just get them to talk through it as much as possible, you know, and it's ups and downs every day. It's ups and downs. And so last night I realized my son asked him, I said, how, how are you? How are you doing? And he just kind of broke down. He's my 13 year old. And he just was like, I'm sad. I'm sad. And mostly it's just sad over the things that they're missing out on right now. And they're missing their friends and they're missing sports and those kind of things. Obviously you are finding a normalcy among what's going on, but we're curious, what are some activities you have done outside the norm? Uh, well, the craziest thing we did was we got chickens and y'all might think that's really ridiculous. I've wanted chickens for five years. It took COVID-19 for my husband to finally say, yes, we could get chickens. So we got five baby chicks and actually it's been the greatest thing ever. My kids are enamored with them. They're obsessed with them. And it's been a really great thing for us to focus on rather than the rest of everything else that's going on. Thanks. So that would be the most out of the norm thing we've probably done. And then we've done a lot more like baking and things like that, that we just haven't had the opportunity because we were going and blowing so fast. And it's just like this pause that we've been able to take and we've played games as a family Um, and we love games, but we just, normally we wouldn't do that on a weeknight and we would, we'll bring out the games or we'll, we found a couple documentaries that we've really enjoyed watching. And oh, and another great thing we've loved is we've been listening to Andrew Peterson re- read the Wing Feather Saga, he's, his first book, and he's reading it out loud every night. And so every day we sit down and we listen to him read a chapter of that. And that's been just a really neat thing that we wouldn't do normally during this time of the year because we'd have sports and jobs and all kinds of different things pulling us in a million directions. That's awesome about the chickens. I wish uh, living in the city would allow us to have chickens too, but we're not that fortunate. (laughs) Yeah, I told my husband I wanted some chickens too, and he thought I was crazy. But they make the best eggs. I'm hopeful we're out of quarantine by the time that the eggs actually come. (laughs) We'll see. Well, if you could leave our moms on one piece of encouragement, what would that be? Grace upon grace upon grace. Grace for you, yourself, grace for your children, grace for your spouse, buckets and buckets loads of grace. His mercies are new every single morning. So if you failed monstrously the day before, it's okay. The next day is new. 
Our next mom is Stephanie. Stephanie, you live in a very busy, congested area of the world and have been juggling the busy schedules of your three girls as well as your own work schedule. How have you used this time at home as everything has come to a screeching halt? Yeah, you know, it's such a busy area. And sometimes I wonder, is it really just this area or is this how our world is now? I just don't remember when I was a kid doing all the activities that my kids have done um, from a young age. And when my kids were really little, people used to tell me, it goes so fast, you know, savor every minute. And it's hard to really do that when your kids are tiny. It was for me anyway. But now that they're at the ages they are, my oldest is 15, I really can feel how fast the time is going. And so, and particularly in this past year, we transitioned our older two daughters into a private school that's 45 minutes away from the house. So life is just crazy all the time. And so when this happened, even though I would never wish for the circumstances that has that have brought this about, um, and my poor kids are devastated to lose, you know, some of their activities and their sporting events. A secret part of me has been rejoicing at the family time that we get. And I really see this as an opportunity. Um, we're doing things that we don't get the opportunity to do very much anymore. And, you know, some things we may never, I mean, this truly is hopefully a once in a lifetime event. So we have been getting out in the yard, doing all the gardening, making our garden awesome the way we always wished it was. We planted seeds for the first time. See, I'm not a green thumb at all, so we're going to see what happens. But my husband helped my middle daughter build a raised garden bed, and we're going to go for it. We've been doing fire pits in the backyard and just hanging out until late in the evening, things you can never do on a school night. And even just watching TV together. I know that sounds crazy, but my older two daughters have so much homework that they come home from school, they go to their activities, they spend up until very late at night doing homework almost every day. So just watching like Shark Tank on TV together is a luxury. It's been great. Yeah, the forced quality time is, has been a blessing for me too. Are there things that you've tried to do for yourself during this time? Definitely. I mean, it's finally I'm getting sleep. I think I have not gotten eight hours of sleep in 15 years, like and I'm sleeping in every day, relatively compared to what we normally do. So I feel great because we're, we're sleeping. Um, I'm doing more exercise than I've done in years with the kids, which is another fun thing. They kind of motivate me because they're all more active than I am. Um, so we've been doing yoga together and Tabata, which I never heard of until this all happened. We're, we're cooking meals together. And you, now that we're at home, we're not on the run and grabbing junk as often as we are. We actually have the time to make meals that are healthier. So that's been a real benefit is just doing things that are healthy for a change and trying to establish those habits. I hope that those stick around for me too. Just having, you know, slowing down in the busyness and saying, no, this is worth my time cooking a nice home cooked meal. What general piece of advice would you give to our moms that are listening? I would echo a lot of what Erin said. I, I would say, don't feel like you have to replace everything your kids have lost because first of all, you can't do that. But I think if you try to do that, you'll end up discouraged. You can't wear all those hats. And I think if you, if you try to do that, you'll miss the opportunity that you have to do something different. You know, I, what I've been telling my kids is we're all at home now. We're making bigger messes. I need all hands on deck. And frankly, during the year, they don't have time to do all the chores and contributing around the house that I wish they did. And so we have spent the day cleaning bathrooms and that's great from a parent's perspective, getting help. And uh, I like the peace of mind of knowing I'm sending my kids out into the world prepared to do dishes and cook and clean and be responsible roommates and one day spouses. It'll also do it, looking at it that way will distract you from some of the anxiety and the worry that we're all feeling about it. Well, our next mom is Lacey. Lacey, homeschooling is your normal. 
but how has this time changed your family dynamic and what are some principles that have helped you embrace this time? So we actually had just jumped into homeschooling the younger ones in January. So right about spring break was when I actually felt like I was getting in a groove of what homeschool and they'd been in public school the whole time. And so all of a sudden I had, you know, um, and we chose at Christmas time to bring them home. And so it wasn't like a, I didn't have the planning time, right, to, to get all that in place. Just like a lot of moms are feeling right now, like, oh, my gosh, how's this going to go? And, you know, I already work from home and, blah, 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 you know, all the crazy, you know, we had just gotten in a groove right at spring break. And then that's when everything, we now have extended spring break until summer break. I think that focusing on having a routine versus having a strict schedule really works um, better for us, for sure. And it can get real rigid and we, and we get real strict like that, then it, it almost feels like you're heaping more pressure on yourself. And so we have some just core things um, academic wise. And then also just as being part of the team, the family team that my kids do every day, whether it's chores or something that they're doing for their spiritual health or physical health. And so there's just kind of like, you're going to move every day. You're going to, you know, do all those things. And so that has been really good. Remaining flexible for sure during this time. You know, Aaron said, you're going to have days where you rock it and you're going to have days where you just are like surviving every hour. And that's kind of normal motherhood, I think sometimes, but mm -hmm. for sure right now, because even with having already been homeschooling, this, what we're experiencing right now is not normal homeschool. Like, you know, my kids have had a lot of, the other thing I would say is that I'm having to allow for the emotions talking to them and saying, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a bummer that your track season that you've been training for and we're so excited about is now over. It's a bummer that for my other son, you know, his baseball season is, is done. That was a huge social thing for him now being homeschooled. And it's just different. But I think allowing for those times of just giving them some space or letting them talk about it or even pointing out like, hey, are you really angry about this or is it something else? And just giving them the words to kind of attach to what they're feeling. Yeah, that's great advice. As a wife of a first responder, how have you dealt with everything from the emotional angst that comes from your husband being on the front lines to the practical responsibility of trying to keep him and your family healthy? Our life has not slowed down in all of this. It's actually amped up. So my husband is not riding a fire truck currently in his career, but he's an emergency management coordinator for the fire department he works for. And so he does go to work every day and he's around everybody at the fire station every day. And so for us, the major concern, especially because we have two immune compromised people in my house is what he's gonna get exposed to by being around so many different people still. We know how to do a lot of things to boost our immune systems, lifestyle, and um, all of those things. So we're trying to be really smart. We have been away from all of our family members, you know, since the get go of all of this. It's not easy, you know, I don't have a lot of, fear, which I'm really like thankful for. I think the Lord has definitely just removed any angst. When you, you're married to somebody that's a first responder, you're, you've already had conversations throughout your marriage of kind of like what if scenarios. That's not something that we're, we're kind of at peace with anything like that. I think the most is just doing what we can do, controlling our controllables, and then trusting that the Lord has everything else. 
our next mom is Amanda. Amanda, you are a mom of two very active, athletic preteen boys. What is something that you've learned or changed in your parenting style during this time? The majority of my boys' life, I would consider myself kind of that no mom. No, you can't do that. No, I don't, don't do that. Be careful. You're going to hurt yourself. And so just kind of in me stepping out of my full-time role, God's really spoken to me about, you know, I need to ease up and let them just be kids. And so us being at home now, it's really kind of where the rubber meets the road. And am I really going to be that mom that can kind of speak life into them uh, and give them opportunities to grow and to stretch and to be creative? So that's kind of really what we've stepped into this time is, is saying yes, you know, yes, you can eat popcorn and watch movies on a school night because we have the flexibility now that you can start school at nine o'clock if, if that's what you want. Yes, you can go outside and build in the garage and be creative. Yes, you can make movies. Yes, you can do those things, which before I think I would have been, no, you can't do that because it's a school night or because we have baseball or something else. So really just stepping into that. You've also really inspired me personally with the way that you've been clearly teaching your kids to serve and love others in the midst of the chaos and this isolation. What are some of those things that you've done to guide your sons to look outwardly during this time. Uh, well, and I'll just go ahead and spoil one of them personally. In full disclosure, Amanda's in our community group from church. So the, one of the first things she did was have her boys record themselves reading books. They recorded them on YouTube and sent them to us for our little boys to watch and listen to. And it was so fun to watch um, my little two-year-old and one-year-old recognize their faces and be read to. So I didn't have to read, you know, the 15th book today or whatever, but it was so fun and so thoughtful of you. And that was just the first thing you did. So tell us, give us some more ideas of other things that you've done to serve others during this time. I really don't want my boys to look back on this and think of this as being fearful or being afraid during this time and kind of seeing as even when the world looks chaotic, there's always an opportunity to serve and you may have to be creative and you may have to think outside of the box, but how can we serve others? So the first thing we did do is my boys have to read every day. So I thought, well, we'll just record you reading and we'll send it to our community groups. The rest of them can, can listen. My boys are much older than everybody else's kids. And so I thought that was a great opportunity We've written cards and letters to seniors and people in our church who have not been able to, to get outside or that have just been feeling isolated. So something very simple. They love to be creative and draw. So we did that. And then yesterday was kind of our biggest adventure. It's probably the first time they've been out in three weeks. But our neighbor gave us kind of a little Easter package last week and put confetti eggs and fun drinks and snacks in. And so we went yesterday into all our community group. We went and delivered confetti eggs and fruit snacks and um, brownie mix. So just to be able to, to share something fun that somebody else did for us, but just to be able to teach them that even in the midst of the chaos and kind of the crazy times, there's always an opportunity to serve and to love on others. And you've really answered my final question for you was, what is one piece of encouragement you'd want to leave with our, our listeners? I think the thing to think about during this time, and I've really tried to reiterate with my boys, is there's always something to be grateful for. There's always, whether it's the breath in our lungs or that we're all healthy or that the sun is shining today, and that means we get to go outside and play catch with each other. But to always find something to be grateful for, even in the midst of this. 
I love that. That's so good. Our two-year-old actually shoved the screen door out of the window in our kitchen the other day at breakfast. And I said, Fletcher, what are you doing? And he said, I'm trying to say hi to Mr. Sun. So <laughs> I love that. It's the simple things, right? Right. All right, Shelly, you're up. You are a mom of toddlers with another on the way. So your quarantine looks much different than the others on this panel when it comes to activities and parenting. So what are some ideas and activities you focus on during this time with your littles? So it's really kind of funny because when COVID-19 was first like really starting to make its appearance and everyone was talking about the quarantine, even when it was just a possibility of quarantine. And I, I saw this meme, I think it was on Facebook and it says it's this little penguin sitting in a chair and it's like, when you realize that your life has been quarantine style this whole time, that's how I felt. <laughs> I was like, we didn't go out a lot. Anyway, my husband works night and we have one vehicle and we travel for my husband's job. So we weren't out doing a whole lot to start with. Our family was real close knit and we stayed home a lot. So there wasn't this giant transition, but there was this emotional transition of, oh my gosh, now that I can't go out, now I want to go do all the things. And it did kind of put this halt on our family that was like, okay, how are we going to use this time where we are kind of not mandated, but in a sense, we are mandated to stay home. How are we going to use this to do things that maybe we wouldn't just naturally do, even though we're home most of the time anyway. And living in Central California has been such a benefit because the weather was really nice already this time of year. So my kids can go out and play and I spend so much time outside with little boys and they just thrive in the mess. They thrive in the mud. We had rain for a little while and oh my gosh, we had mud puddles in the backyard that were just filthy. My kids would come in drenched and it would make me so frustrated because it was another pair of clothes that had just gotten ruined and no matter how many times I washed them, they were still muddy. But it was so encouraging to realize this is like a special time for them to embrace the things that maybe we would daily embrace, but my, my thought process has shifted. It's like this is a time where a lot of parents are getting to experience what I'm getting to experience kind of on a daily basis. And it's easy to get discouraged like everyone was saying, if, if kids don't get all their schoolwork done or you don't accomplish all the things you wanted to get done in one day. And it's been great for our family to kind of focus in on just being together and embracing this time of growth while we can't go out, while we don't really have the option to go out. And so I've really wanted to invest in those spiritual things that if he sees me not nervous, not afraid, but just trusting that God has everything in his control, he'll be able to face adversity later with a lot more strength and bravery than maybe I would have at his age. I completely connect with that. I have one little boy at home and his his bedroom theme is adventure awaits. I'm thinking, you know, this is a pivotal time in his life where he's growing and developing and how can we have that adventure if we're just sitting at home? Right. And so I, I think you hit the nail on the head. It Not much is changing for our toddlers, but it's the battlefield of our minds. I'm curious to hear what are some of the principles and activities that you've used to keep yourself encouraged during this period of self-isolation? For me personally, I I didn't really know what to think when all of this was first coming down the pipe. I was really nervous at the beginning. I think this is way before we were quarantined. This is like weeks before, but when just the mention of, oh, there's been, you know, one case of COVID-19 in the United States. And my husband's like, you know, maybe we should stockpile a little bit. And I was like, oh my gosh, are we going to die? Like I freak out on him and I'm just so nervous. 
And then once the frontal part of my brain, my rationale came back, it was like, okay, so how can we use this time to really grow? And for me personally, it was just digging into God's word and finding hope in no matter our circumstances, Christ has already overcome the world. No matter what we're going to walk through, if we can fix our eyes on eternity, then we're going to be able to accomplish a lot more here on earth. And I wanted to instill that in my children, that this world, no matter the difficulties, the hardships that we're going through, and I mean, I know they're three and one and a half. Like, It's hard to bring this down to an idea that they can understand, but this is just a phase It's been really neat to grow in the Lord and my own faith in this time because now I'm I'm seeking the word of God for a very personal issue. Like I'm seeking God so that I'm not afraid. I'm seeking God so that I can walk through victorious in this season, no matter if our family does get hit with COVID-19, no matter what's coming down for our family, I'm able to walk and say, God is in complete control of this. He knew. Now there's, of course, natural steps we can take to try to protect our bodies. And there's, there's great things that we can do to try to help each other. But ultimately God is in complete control. And no matter how big or how small this turns out to be in hindsight, that this is a time where we can grow in our faith and our trust, but it matters what's happening in eternity. It matters what our eternity looks like. And this is a prayer that I had prayed over my kids a couple weeks ago, and it's something that I'd actually forgotten. It's Second Timothy 1, 5 through 7, and But it says, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I know that same faith continues strong in you. And this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us the spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. I want my kids, and and I think all the moms on here can agree, we want our kids to walk in a powerful faith. And the fact that Paul brought this up to Timothy in regards to his mom and his grandma is we, a lot of times, are the biggest influence in our children's lives. And if we weren't, we are now because our children are home with us all the time. I just encourage all moms to not let this be a time where the fear and unknown is crippling, but instead it teaches us that life is not without pain and not life is not without adversity, but that God has great plans in pain. In fact, he's called us to walk a painful path in um, first Peter. It talks about that a lot, that we're called to follow in Christ's steps and that's to lay down our life and that's to walk through suffering. That was wonderful, Shelley. Thanks for sharing with us. Yes, you are full of so much godly wisdom. And it was, I was thinking, I was just praying over lunch with a friend that this would be a time in history where we are able to look back and see memorial stones. You know, the Bible talks several times of people of faith laying stones as a memorial to the Lord in order to remember the good things he's done for them. It symbolized times of renewal and revival, and it was an act of worship and just a display of confidence in God. So that really is our prayer for ourselves, for our listeners, that this would be an opportunity for revival and renewal in your lives and the lives of your family. Though we've talked a lot about faith. So if you have no idea what we're talking about, or you're interested, please reach out to us. We would love nothing more than to share with you the hope that we have as believers in in Jesus. So we want to end on a lighter note. So I have a few questions just to throw out to the panel for anyone to answer. So everyone take yourselves off mute. Tell us what is one item or toy or activity that you've used every day throughout this isolation? So something my boys have done every day is they have built. And so they built this little 
they call it a trailer and so they attach it behind the back of my oldest son's bike so what started as this two foot by two foot piece of wood behind their bike has morphed into this very elaborate trailer um, <laughs> that has like a trunk and it's got a handbrake um, and so that has been the thing that they have done every day is go out and add to and build to and yeah it's kept them busy my only rule is you have to wear your helmet that's it <laughs> that's great Legos have made a huge resurgence at our house. We have millions upon millions of Legos and they've just been in a bucket. My son got them all out and like literally poured them in his floor and has just been building, which is so good, you know, for the mama's heart. Cause you think, uh, 13 teenagers are never. And then all of a sudden it's like, I'm bored. And now they're they're creating again and, and doing that. So it's been fun. And other, the other kids have gotten involved too. Has anyone read or binge watched anything that you would recommend? I started reading Jenny Allen's book, new book, um, get out of your head. It is really good. Just kind of about perspective and what we think and what we say to ourselves. And then there's a lot of noise and there's a lot of information that we can get. And we just really need to be wise and decipher what is good knowledge to have and just what's just too much. And so I've really enjoyed reading that book. For me personally, I have not as mom, but my kids almost every day have been watching this um, cute show on YouTube. I mean, I think it was put out in the 90s. It might have even been the 80s. It's called The Beginner's Bible, Bible Stories. And they're like 25 minutes long. And they only have like six or seven out there. But like my son can just sit there and quote them. Also, God Zoo, which is a Gaithers thing that they put out in like 2000. And it's about these kids that go to the zoo and they learn all about the Lord and they learn about all of God's creation and the unique things that he's done and even how to help each other. Like my kids will wake up from their nap and they'll come out and they'll ask for applesauce and God's zoo, like without fail. I love that. What about you, Stephanie? You're always reading something. Oh gosh, what I'm reading. I'm always reading old things because I never have time to read for myself. So plus, I don't know if it's fun reading. I like a lot of political stuff. That's not fun. But for, from the movie front, I was thinking about it. My, um, this is kind of a weird little thing our family does. We watch Hogan's Heroes. I love that. My husband's dad, you know, watched them back when they were on TV. And so my husband watched them as a boy and had good memories. So a few years ago, I bought him the series on DVD and the kids really enjoy them. And we've remarked, it's, it's funny because the TV that was aimed at adults back then is nicer than a lot of the TV that's aimed at kids now. And so that's been after dinner, we'll go down and watch an episode or two and the kids just think it's a hoot. They, they laugh out loud. And that's been a really fun thing that we've had time to do. So one last question. What is one of the funniest things your kids have come up with or created during their time at home? So I sent this to Glenn the other day. My boys all of a sudden took my phone. They're like, mom, we're going to make a movie. And so they've made movies before and it's like 30 seconds, you know, a minute. They come back and they have a 37 minute video that they have created, that they have like scripted and done everything. And my husband and I watched it and we were just in stitches listening <laughs> to them just have voices and how animated they were. I mean, it was one of the funniest things that I think I've seen them do. It was just, it was hilarious. 
we instituted a lip sync challenge between my sisters, um, all of the cousins. So they've been filming themselves doing a lip sync song, and then we text it to all the family, and then the cousins send them all back and forth. So that's been fun since our cousins are five minutes away, and we've been isolated from them and can't even see them. And then we have some that are in Virginia too. So it kind of keeps us all together and keeps us laughing and it's fun to see the song choices that the kids pick too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is great. This has been such a fun time, you guys. And we are just so grateful that you took time out of your quarantine to join us. And thank you listeners for listening to this episode of Engage with Eagle Forum. You can join the conversation on Facebook and Twitter for more ideas on how to maintain your sanity and invest in those around you during this unique time that we have in front of us. From your house to the state house to the White House, this is Engage with Eagle Forum.